paranormal chicks and just how carrie did a little milk carton mini action like hey this is what you get a patreon well i do i survived but you know it's spooky season if you haven't noticed and so i'm doing something kind of like what i do there but this is about a haunted hospital and someone's experience i freaking love the haunted hospitals (laughs) So it's completely different, but what's similar is that I tell the story, however, Will expertly inserts some of the episode in there. And together, it's like a multimedia masterpiece. Extravaganza! that word. Okay, so this is Haunted Hospitals, Season 2, Episode 1, No Eyes and Dark Things. All right. Picture it. Eastern Connecticut, about three hours east of New York City, there's a man named Carmine Crispino. He grew up in New York City and was raised in a Catholic household. And he's kind of what I picture thanks to Blue Bloods, the TV show. But instead of police and legal stuff, he's a man of science. He's a doctor. He's board certified in internal medicine and he focuses care on acutely ill and elderly patients. So he's very, very smart. You know, I mean, you put doctor in front of anything, and I'm like, oh, you're smart. And then I know you know. <laughs> you really are smart. Thanks. Like when I said, can you say this? And it was a tongue twister, and you did it, like, perfectly? Yeah, but you know what? That's a rarity. It really is. I mean, listen to the blooper. See? There you go. Listen to the bloopers, and you know that I, you know. Words are hard. (laughs) Dr. Carmine said that he never really thought about the spirit world or anything like that, because if it wasn't in medical journals, he didn't really bother with it. But there was one morning that started out like every other morning that would forever change his way of thinking. Dr. Carmine was doing his rounds and everything was normal until he got to one patient who was unfortunately dying from cancer. There is no treatment and no way to improve his quality of life. And because of that, the patient, his family, and Dr. Carmine were forced to have the conversation of transitioning him to comfort measures, which I'm sure we've all heard before or unfortunately had someone go through that. A lot of people on hospice do this. In terms that I understand, It's a cocktail of morphine and sedatives that lull the patient peacefully and painlessly from this life to the next. And usually it's an easy transition for everyone 
because you know they're not hurting any longer and they're not aware of anything. And in most cases, it could be a quick transition as well. And that's what Dr. Carmine expected for this patient. But that's not what he got. Dr. Carmine was checking vitals and everything to see how the patient was doing. And as he was doing this, he was overwhelmed with a sense of darkness and dread. As soon as I felt this, the man who should have peacefully expired sat straight up. Screamed. God, they have no eyes. They have no eyes. My God. They have no eyes. I didn't see anything. They have no eyes. They have no eyes. At this point, Dr. Carmine said that the patient was clinically deceased. And he himself was shaken beyond belief. He had never in his life seen someone so heavily medicated and that close to death react with that much energy and all of that. It was just unheard of. Well, they do say that they get that like second wind right before they die, though. True. I wonder if that's the same thing or he just was like, no, that's like not the same thing at all. And what the fuck actually just happened. Right. That's clearly not the medical word for the second win, but that's all <laughs> I could think of right now. Well, the reenactment was scary. Well, Dr. Carmine couldn't help but wonder what the patient had seen or imagined or whatever. What didn't have eyes? But after a few hours, Dr. Carmine had shaken off the nerves and he was back to his old self. And after a few days had passed, he was as good as new. He was focused on his patients and providing the best care for them. But then there was another incident with a patient who was terminal. Dr. Carmine delivered the news on his rounds that the good news was things hadn't gotten any worse, but the bad news is that they were never going to get better. But the thing is, this patient wasn't near death terminal at this point. This patient was able to move and talk and was coherent, whereas the other patient was not. So they, you know, talked about next steps and whatnot and kind of, you know, just joked around and made the best of that situation. But mid-conversation, the patient had a coughing spell And sounded like what I do when you're like, you know, choking and coughing and you're like, what the fuck? Well, speaking of at the same time, Dr. Carmine's stethoscope flew off from around his neck as the patient was coughing. And there ain't no way that that patient's coughing with that much force that his air like made the stethoscope fly backwards. And the patient's laying down and Dr. Carmine is standing up. The patient went on to describe feeling a heaviness on and around him, and Dr. Carmine agreed that he felt the same thing and began to cough as well. And then that's when they saw this dark thing in the room with them. It was a shadow figure. It was humanoid and about six foot tall. 
It was there for only about two seconds, and then it blinked out of existence. The patient was so confused and was just kind of like, did you see what I just saw? And Dr. Carmine was like, I did see what you saw. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that was not the meds. We, mm-hmm, yep, that just happened. And they were both in cold sweats. Their hearts were racing. You know, it was like, all right, let's not tell anyone about that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. See you tomorrow. Bye. Now, this was the second time something weird has happened. And I love in shows like this, people who are like, I'm not really spiritual, you know, like, or whatever. But they always happen to have a friend who is a paranormal expert or like, I've never believed in ghosts. But I have a friend who does tarot or like, Mm -hmm. whatever. And it's like, cool, I'm glad you do. But like, you don't even believe in this shit, but then you have a friend who's an expert in it, and it's just like, I don't know. So you don't even believe what your friend does? Like, I don't know. I just, what? And here's a little tangent for you. It's like when, like, something that grates on my nerves is when, like, a TV host or something, it's like, my friends over at, like, Lenovo have a free computer for you, or, Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, like, my friend, whatever like who's a designer i don't know like because i'm so fashionable literally i can't think of what uh dear wang <laughs> yeah oh god of course a wedding dress thing no you know what i was thinking target shoes i remember i used to have oh, a yeah, pair yeah. of her shoes from target and i thought it was so fucking fancy <laughs> and it's like honey they're target that's so funny but i mean it's like in vera wang yes. vera wang but it's okay so okay it's like my friend vera wang donated this dress for you blah 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 and it's like why don't you have to say your friend? Like, she didn't call you at home. Like, just say, Vera Wing, donated this dress. Like, why do you have to say your friend? Like, cool, it's fine, whatever. Like, I can't, I don't know why it aggravates me. I guess I hold friends in high regard. And so it's like, did you actually know this person, Dr. Carmine? Or is it an acquaintance? Or is it a friend? I just need to know. And yes, this is a Donna detail. Your Donna details usually don't come with such, like, fierceness. <laughs> I'm here for it. You're kind of pulling a carry on your random soapbox. <laughs> well, because this isn't the only thing. Because I've watched so many of these like hauntings and like paranormal survivor and stuff. And it's like, I've never believed in ghosts. Well, when all else failed, I turned to my best friend who is a paranormal expert. Blah, blah, and I'm like, what? What? Like, uh, what? That doesn't make sense. Totally understand. So, like, are they really not your friend? Or are you lying? Like, are you lying and you really did believe in ghosts and you just want to be on the show? Like, there is a lie here somewhere. And I would still watch your story if you didn't lie. Like, just be honest with it. Yeah, you're so, like, we're so the same in the whole, like, you can tell me the worst of the worst of the worst. And we'd be like, okay, cool, 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 cool. But you fucking lie to me about it. Yes. And it could be the smallest shit and we're fucking done. Like, yeah. don't lie to me. For reals. I could, I just feel like, oh, so you're lying about that. So are you lying about everything else that happened then? Yeah. So that's the only thing. That, mm, I don't know. I just don't like that. I feel like little white lies get me more than big lies. Because I get tripped up on them. You know what I mean? So I get hyper-focused on those. Well, because you feel like... Well, I'm not going to tell you how you feel, but it can feel like, 
well, if they're lying about that, what else are they lying about if they can so easily lie about something so little and so insignificant? Yeah. Yeah. But you also have trust issues. I mean, same. Oh, for sure. Literally same. No judgment. Not saying anything bad about it. But so that's where it's like, okay, well, what again, what the fuck else are you lying about? Yeah. Because that doesn't fucking matter at all. So. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that, y'all. Back to the story about Dr. Carmine and his best friend. Now, he didn't say best friend, but you know what I mean. It's just call an acquaintance what it is. Or if you looked him up on Craigslist, call that too. Like, just be like, look, I'm a doctor and I can put out on fucking Facebook in my network of people. You're in freaking like three hours from New York City and stuff. Like, you're with the peeps. You can just be like, I need someone who knows about spirits and be like, fucking Teresa. Long Island Medium. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, back to the story, y'all. Ten years later. <laughs> Just kidding. I liked it. This friend of his, who is a paranormal expert, listened to his stories and believed what happened is that there was a portal opened with the initial patient. And since Dr. Carmine was in the room when it happened, whatever came through that portal was trying to attach itself to the doctor. When they were meeting, Dr. Carmine had another experience where he felt cold all over to the point of shaking. Then his phone spun around and was flung off the table. Well, when he retrieved his phone, it rang and it was his wife, Norma. At the same time, my wife's phone was actually thrown out of her pocketbook onto the floor. It seems to me like when you discuss this entity, it makes itself known. Yes, that's why I'm afraid to even discuss it now. I'm afraid to even think about it. Even doing this interview makes me nervous. So he raced home to try to help his wife out, and they both start to talk about what they were doing when their phones were moved. All of a sudden, they heard a growl and a snarl, And they both got that overwhelming sense of dread. Dr. Carmine told Norma to stay there in the living room while he quietly made his way upstairs. He followed the eerie sounds to their daughter's bedroom. And when he opened the door, he came face to face with that looming shadow figure once again. What do you want? This thing is definitely malevolent. I turned quickly and it was gone, but I knew exactly what it was. This was no shadow. This was no trick of light. This was the entity that is now in my home. Dr. Carmine knows that he doesn't know shit about the paranormal, and so he calls his quote-unquote friend he was meeting with earlier. And that person told him that he needed to turn to his Catholic roots and perform a cleansing ritual to rid the attachment from his home. What I do love is that Dr. Carmine turned to some Christian podcast and used a wireless speaker to do the cleansing ritual. Like, (laughs) I mean, you are of today's, like, I mean, that's so something that's so silly sounding. Like, you want to laugh at it. You're like, okay, but I mean... 
okay, that's relevant today. Yeah. I mean, use what you got. Because I sure, like, we're going to find all the fucking ancient text at, like, I ain't even got a library card anymore. I do. I got you. Well, whatever. <laughs> I'm an independent woman, so I can use the fucking podcast. And his ritual, as silly as it seemed, it worked. For a few weeks, it was peaceful. But one day, he was home by himself, just doing some chores, vacuuming, and when he was by his daughter's bedroom, he heard that growl again. And he opened the door, and there was that shadow figure again. But it seemed more powerful and more aggressive now. It seems to be an increase in the activity once again. It's still happening right now. What are you going to do about this? I don't know. I don't know what to do about this. I feel like I have to do something. I have to reach out to clergy, uh, to the paranormal experts, to potentially cleanse the house or somehow detach it from me. I don't know what to do. You see, this episode is the first time that Dr. Carmine has ever told anyone else about what he's experiencing. He said that it could seriously damage his reputation at the hospitals that he works at and the clinics and could cause them to question his capabilities and everything because most of the time, science and spirituality don't go together. If you believe that there's this entity in your home, they're not going to want you to practice medicine with them. They're not going to refer patients to you or, you know, anything like that. And so he has kept this secret. If it could hear me, which I believe it can, I would say to it, leave me alone. Leave my family alone. And so that's how we end this story. Without an ending, Dr. Carmine and his family are still trying to find answers and a way to rid their life of this entity. That was a year ago when this aired on, well, I watched it on Discovery+. Plus. I really hope someone has reached out to him and they're now rid of it all, but I couldn't find an update on it. And I mean, obviously his friend didn't help him all that much. I mean, clearly they weren't the best of friends. Right. Just kidding. They probably did the best they could. Um, How'd the friend jump straight to a portal is my question. I don't know. Maybe because of how he was saying how like he felt with it. I don't know either. That seems like a very Zach Bagans jump to me. <laughs> yeah. Not just like, oh, something was with you in the room. It's like, no, some it opened up a portal and something came through. And now you have like a fucking attachment. Yeah. It just seems very aggressive. Yeah. I feel like there's probably another way. You know, something could have been following him or in that hospital room. And then finally that man was so close to death and saw it. And then when that happened... Since it was then seen and, like, announced or whatever, Mm -hmm. it attached itself to the doctor. You know, because he made, he was made aware of it. And then, of course, he was more fearful of it and stuff because uh, that man died. So, there was one more body in that room. And that was his. And it was full of fucking fear. Well, that's a slightly more believable story than a portal. I think so, too. Because I'm just like, I don't know how that... 
And then if you think it was a portal, like, I don't, I don't know. I just felt like that was, hmm. I have all kinds of questions for that paranormal expert. He was also not on the show. And normally, when someone helps people out, they're on the show. Well, no, he's not. He jumped the fucking shark. He ain't going to be there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this guy, uh, uh, I don't think he was legit. But, I mean, I do agree with you, though, that whatever it is, old boy believes in it because he's literally, like, risking his career, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, he a doctor. He making enough money doing his own thing. He's not getting rich off of this. Right, right. Only negative things can happen to him for coming out with this. So, it does make it more believable. I, I just feel like... It legit jumped the shark, though, being like, oh, well, that was weird. He, This guy saw something as he was dying, and it's a portal. <laughs> I know. Like, the doctor didn't even say, like, there was this weird light, and, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. Nothing. But also, dude, I want to know what, what didn't have eyes. Like, they don't have eyes. Did he see black-eyed kids? Why would that be if he was dying? Did he? Okay, no. Did he see him? No, because if he was dying, like, why is that the thing that you... Like, why is that the thing that's greeting you? Well, I don't know. And, you know, some people even say that hell's not even in the Bible. So, really, where do you go after you die, if that's what you believe? What happens? Well, I believe in reincarnation. But I'm not saying, like, they were... But still, what happens to your soul in the middle of... In the meantime, though? You're just, like, floating around in existence? I don't fucking know. So, what did he see? Is the question, yeah. which is literally what you're asking. But <laughs> I don't think it's black-eyed kids. Why not, though? Because why? They're, what are they trying to get into? His body? Dirty in the room if they're seeing him. What are they trying to get invited into? And what happens when a black-eyed kid gets in? Nobody knows. Well, that one person said they caused cancer. Who? The one person. The I did a story. And her husband had cancer after she invited them in. Well, that's a coincidence. <laughs> and this guy was terminally ill with cancer. Maybe he the, invited them in. Maybe they were leaving. They were saying goodbye. And he didn't know that that's what had gotten him. But I don't believe any of it. Like, I do not believe that the black-eyed kids caused cancer. Like, that, to me, makes way too light of something so serious. I mean, I'm just saying with No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I know. I mean, geez, your sister literally died of cancer. Like, I, I know you're not like, like, I totally get it. But I also don't want people to think we're like making light of this man's yeah. poor situation where he's like literally on hospice care and it's like, don't invite those black eyed kids in. I mean, don't, but don't do it. I don't think it causes cancer. Like, I think that that was purely coincidental, circumstantial at best. Correlation does not imply causation. Psych 101. That's what they say until it does. Ma'am. <laughs> just that old person. It just like literally just says sayings <laughs> that have nothing to do with anything that's supposed to make no. you like ponder. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like <laughs> um, still no. <laughs> just whittling on the porch. <laughs> Can I please whittle wood with you? <laughs> Send them all. Thanks. Hey, thank y'all so much for listening. If you liked this episode and the Milk Carton Mini, but you're not getting them on the reg, you really need to be heading over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. 
so that you can get more of those episodes, including the backlog, plus a bonus episode every single month that kind of switches between paranormal and true crime. And because one month Donna does it, one month I do it. Sometimes she does true crime stuff too. Y'all know I never do paranormal. And certain tiers, you get bloopers. And those are the best. We got a shit ton of bloopers. Some months, way more than others. <laughs> Depends on how much uh, caffeine and cheesecake we have. <laughs> so if you want all that extra goodness, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.